0: team, thank you so much. Thank you, guys, up in the balcony for working today. A long time ago, I established in my heart that uh, when I go to church on Sunday, Pastor Mark, you know what it's like to be a pastor, go to church. Sometimes you're going to work. But I established something in my heart a long time ago, Melissa and I both, that when we go to church on Sunday, we are not going to work. We're going to worship. So part of the, the job description I know is to deliver the word of God to you every Sunday. And that's a joy for me. It's, I love to teach. I love to preach and love, I love all of it. I love to pastor you and I love you. That's a good time for you to say, we love you too. But not amen. Not amen. We love you too, pastor. I know amen. I know you know we love you, but I want, I need some affirmation. I need some love. Come on. We love, thank you. Thank you very much. I love you too. And, and, and that's what the communion table is. It's a table of fellowship. It's a love feast. It really is. And, uh, and I, I tell you, I got a long scripture. Whoo, man, it's so long. I don't know. Let's try and tackle it. Ritual or reality? First Corinthians 11. But in giving this next instruction. So this is the deal. The setting is the apostle Paul got saved in Acts chapter 9. And the Lord just, uh, visited him. The resurrected Christ visited him on the Damascus road as he was taking papers from the priests going to persecute the church, and the Lord came in the middle of that journey, knocked him down and said, Hey, why are you persecuting me? Why, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? To which he was dumbfounded because he thought he was doing the religious act that he was uh, going to annihilate, get rid of, abolish these people of the way, these new Jesus people. Uh, he thought it idolatrous, he thought it uh, blasphemy, he thought it to be uh, idol worship, to worship anybody but Yahweh God, and they didn't know. So before you judge everybody, understand, they didn't know. How many thankful to have the New Testament? So all he had was the Old Testament. He was impeccable in the law. Apostle Paul was quite a student of the law. And he was thought he was doing his thing, but he met Jesus. How many know you can do your thing, but when you met Jesus, when you meet Jesus, how many know everything changes when you meet Jesus? And knocked him down and he said two things. Lord, who are you? Number one. <laughs> Cause he met a lot of leaders and a lot of magistrates and kings and he's been before the Sanhedrin. He was on the Sanhedrin, some believe it, but uh, he understood powerful political positions, but he'd never met anybody with such power. And the face of the Lord shone brighter than the noonday sun, blinded his eyes. And the Lord spoke. to him. After he said, who are you? He said, what do you want me to do? I mean, when you understand the lordship of Christ, you're willing to submit and serve. And that's what Paul did. He got up. The Lord gave him instructions to go to Straight Street and be uh, anointed by Ananias. As uh, soon as Ananias laid hands, How many thank God for the body of Christ? Little old unnamed Ananias. Nobody knows him. Not big, big wig. He's not writing any books of the Bible. But he lays hands on the apostle Paul and boom, he's healed. How many's waiting for that day to come back? Signs and wonders and things coming back to the church, and people are blown away by the power of God. Church was scared of him, but God wasn't. God knew who he was saving. And uh Paul knew who he was serving. So he gets uh his vision back and uh and he goes into the synagogue. The Bible says he goes into the synagogue, both Galatians 1, uh beginning of Galatians and Acts 9 to to confirm. What Paul activity was going on, and I'm just ch- trying to set this up. After he preached in the synagogue, he went, the Bible says, to Arabia, not Saudi Arabia, but to Arabia, uh, somewhere there, and, uh, uh, and, and had uh, the tutelage of Christ himself. So I don't know if he had a physical visitation of Christ. I don't know what that was like. The Bible doesn't give any details about Paul's, uh, three years. Some scholars believe three years on the backside of Arabia. Uh, it could have been that he preached in, Damascus went to the backside of arabia came back to damascus where they had to lower him out uh, uh over the wall because they were going to kill him and run him out of town how many remember the bible that's all his story there in three years then he went to jerusalem but in the three years that he was in arabia the lord spoke to him and gave him these instructions and this is it i do not praise you he's telling the corinthian church because they had a bad a bad communion service they had a bad love feast And he's not mincing any words. I don't praise you because when you meet together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. You people, you God's people. I know y'all are God's people. He calls them saints in Corinth, but they're acting like anything but a saint. For in the first place, when you meet together in church, I hear there's church in the Bible. There it is. I hear that there are divisions among you. Shame, shame. Can I tell you, division shouldn't be in the house of the Lord. Only addition and multiplication. How many remember my second sermon at Oak Grove? None of you. My first sermon was on passion. My second sermon was the mathematics of Oak Grove assembly. Yeah, no more subtraction, no more division. Only addition and multiplication. None of you remembered you didn't take notes. You should have. I'm not going to preach it again. But uh, there are no divisions among you. You should not be. He hears that they are. And in part, I believe it. He said, I believe it, some of it. In part, for doubtless there have there have to be factions among you, so that those who are, a, are of approved character may be clearly recognized among you. So when you meet together, it's not to eat the Lord's supper, but when you eat, each one hurries to get his own supper first, not waiting for others or the poor. So one goes hungry while another one gets drunk. What? You not have houses where you could eat and drink it? But do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those poor believers who have nothing? What will I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? And I think not. For I received from the Lord. Now, this is what he's saying that happened in Arabia. I received from the Lord himself, himself. So I don't know if it was a re- revelation knowledge, you know, just uh, God speaks. How many know the Lord speaks? So if he had another visitation from the Lord, it was in Arabia there. Um, I received these instructions from the Lord himself, which I pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night which he was uh, betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks. Remember, Paul wasn't there. He's the apostle out of time. He broke it and he said, this is representing my body, which is a sacrifice for you. Do this and remember it to me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it as often as you drink it, in loving remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are symbolically, symbolically, how I many no, know we don't believe in, in the actual body and blood, trans whatever you call that, substantiation that the Catholics believe that it actually turns into the body and blood of Jesus? Okay. We're not going to go there. I don't have time. To, I've already been religious. I don't need to be religious again. Communion. Ritual or reality that's what we're talking about today so do this and remember it from me right you're symbolically proclaiming the fact of the lord's death until he comes again how many believe he's coming so when whoever so so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the lord a cup of the lord somebody say cup of the lord It's the cup of the lord it's the table of the lord it's the bread of the lord it's the body of christ eucharist the word even eucharist is thanksgiving giving thanks He blessed it he gave thanks for it He broke it and he gave it and so whoever whoever drinks of the cup of the lord in a way that is unworthy of him of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the lord but a person must prayerfully examine himself or herself and his relationship to christ and only only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of for anyone who eats and drinks without solemn reverence and heartfelt gratitude for the sacrifice of Christ eats and drinks a judgment on himself if he does not recognize the body of Christ. The attitude, the attitude, that careless and unworthy participation, that's, that's the guilt. That's the reason why many among you are weak and sick and number sleep, died. But if we evaluated and judged ourselves honestly, recognizing our shortcomings and correcting our behavior, we would not be judged. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined by undergoing his correction so that we will not be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. We are not of the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, oh, he's talking to the church. Everybody getting this? My brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, the Lord's Supper, or the table of the Lord. Wait for one another and see to it that no one is left out. I like that, and I want to interpret that my way. If you're lost today, we want you. I said, if you came in here and you don't know Jesus, we want you to participate in the kingdom. We want you to get saved, basically. If you don't know what that means, I'll explain it all. Believe me. If anybody is too hungry to wait, you go ahead and eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. On yourselves about the remaining matters of which I was informed. I will take care of them when I come. Oh, the Lord didn't finish. I, I, I think he's got a list of things He's he's got from Jesus to give to the body. But this is just one of them that agitated him. So you got it. Apostle Paul gets a letter um, and, and, he, and he's responding to the letter. And bad things are going on in the church. So uh, the table of the Lord. Religious activity or relational reality. That's that's really the point today. And the first thought is, the table doesn't belong to me, and it doesn't belong to Oak Grove Assembly of God, and it doesn't belong to the Assemblies of God. The table belongs to the Lord. How many glad he's the host? How many of you today, uh, for Thanksgiving, maybe online, y'all going to plan to host somebody in your home for Thanksgiving? Anybody? Anybody here? Who's doing all the cooking? Only two people? How many's got fa- family coming to your house and you're hosting? Just real high, real high. Look at you, look at you. Could you could you help me celebrate them? These are brave soldiers for Jesus. I mean, all of you know somebody in your family you don't really want to come to your house. yet you're going to clean it, and you're going to bake the turkey or the ham, or you're going to get the beans, or maybe you're going to cater it all in. I don't know. But somehow, you're going to be the host. You invited them, and they're coming. That's the idea I want you to see today about the, the table of the Lord, the Thanksgiving table, which you're going to be doing in just a, a couple of weeks. And I love this time of the year. How about you? The air is changing. It's turning crisp and cool. I have to have a hat. You know why? The trees are showing the majesty of the Lord, and all all of us get to rest for Thanksgiving. How many like to watch football for Thanksgiving? Two. I don't know why I dare to even ask you all questions. You never vote. I mean, from 20 years ago till today, you're still the same. You haven't changed. We just don't vote. You can ask anything you want, Pastor. We're, we're refusing to vote, and so uh, we're gonna. I don't know. I wish. I, I wish I could invite all of you over to our house for Thanksgiving. In fact, in fact, next Sunday night we will. All of you are, ve- are very, very welcomed. We invite you. We're gonna host you next Sunday night at Oak Grove Assembly, and at six p.m. And we're gonna have we're gonna have ham and green beans and mashed potatoes. We're not letting you touch anything with your old filthy hands. Yeah, we're going to do it the COVID way, and so, so we're all going to feed you. We're going to have a great time. We're going to honor a lot of people. And uh, didn't you enjoy honoring Brother Harry Cole last week? Wasn't that awesome? The Legacy Award. I just love him, and I love the whole family. But um, so we we will give you a chance next Sunday night. Be our guest. Uh, but that's what I, I'm dealing with today. The table of the table of the Lord. Jesus gives us the invitation to His table. He says, "When you when you do this, when you do this, remember Me." I invite you to the table of the Lord. And uh, the Corinthian church was not doing it right. They weren't doing it right. They were having s- uh, some schisms and some clicks and setting properties. Some poor people were eating over here, if they got to eat at all. And the rich people were over here in their own area. God forbid, Oak Grove is not known to be a church like that. Is anybody happy about that? I certainly am. One of the things I love about Oak Grove is we don't put up with that kind of thing. If you want to click, start your own church. But oh, here we are, we are, uh, we are. No, there's no, there's no, I am Oak Grove. We are Oak Grove. And I don't know why this side feels like they're Oak Grove. This side didn't say nothing. I, I don't understand. I am deaf in my right ear, but I think I just heard this side. I don't know. Is this, is this side happy to be Oak Grove too? Okay, there you go. Just kind of a little bit more quiet. That's all right. You stay that way. But I want you to see the why. It's, it's, It's not a ritual. It's not a ritual. When we get together, I know we do it every other Thanksgiving feast, but it's not a ritual. It's a relationship. When we get together, we want to be with you. I go. I, I don't hardly even eat at these things. Next Sunday night, I probably want to eat a little bit of ham, and I'm on my way. And I'm going to go to every every table. I just go to every table. I talk to all of you is, because in church we don't get a chance. Some of you come in late and you leave early. I do it. There they go. All I see is the fumes. But that's okay. We love you. Glad to have you. Wish we could hug you. So reality is when when I was growing up, uh, it was made a ritual. I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get into it. But I was in a religion. And every week we took communion. And and by the end of the service, just before they gave communion, uh, many people got up and walked out. Me being one of them. I didn't want no part of that. And so today we're not trying to be morbid. We're not trying to. We understand. How many know we understand Good Friday? We know the price Jesus paid. Are you all hearing me? We know the suffering our Savior did. So we're talking about the table of the Lord. We're talking about a resurrected Lord, the one that talked to Paul and gave us the instructions about how to have communion. And one of the things that he really wanted them to know is that this is the Lord's table, that you don't tell who can come and who cannot come. Oh, go hear me now. We are not the inviters. The Lord is the inviter because he's the host of the table. And as the host, he's the one that, uh, he's the one that is, is, the, is preparing everything. He's doing the invitations. He's inviting. And, uh, uh and he's, he's got all the food prepared. I uh, said, so Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine to the hungry call them now. He's the one. He's the one. In fact, you look in the, in the gospels and you'll see a, uh, you'll see a, a king had had a banquet and he invited people. He's the host. He's the king and he hosted everybody to the banquet and they, and they would come to the banquet, uh, and, but nobody came. Boy, and the king got angry. And Josiah, he said, you tell you what to the servants. He said, you know, mean I sent out an invitation and nobody came. Here's the first point. If he invites you, you ought to come. You don't understand the joy of eating at the king's table. Somehow you lost your mind. If the king of glory invites you to his table, how many know you ought to take the invitation? Receive the Lord's invitation. If not, boy, he, he was not happy. He said, you go to the highways and the byways and you compel everybody. You tell anybody, get the town drunk, pull him up. The adulterer, the fornicator, the drunkard, the alcoholic. Are y'all hearing me? Get him in to the house of the Lord at the Lord's table. You remember? It reminds me of the prodigal son. Remember, he was in the father's house, but he thought he was smarter than the father. You know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. And so he said to the father, I had enough of all this. I've had enough of this. It's boring in your house. This is boring. Brother, and just me. We just, I think I'm ready to sow my oats. And what amazes me about the whole story is that the father said, go ahead. How about it? I mean, know." Oh, the Lord is a good father. And you are a free moral agent. He's not going to trap you. He's not going to force you to serve him. Go ahead, big boy. Put on your big boy pants and go on. Here's your inheritance. And he in- he wasted the whole thing. I mean, oh, without God, you are wasting your life. Let me look in here. Somebody may be listening. Without the Lord, you're wasting your life. Take the invitation. Take it today. Come to the Father's house. Eat at the Father's table. Receive the invitation. Come and dine. The master's calling. The master's calling. That's the first thing you understand. He's the host. He's the host. And what a host he is. Oh, my goodness. He is a gracious host. And I hope that when people come to your house this Thanksgiving, I hope you're a good host. I hope you at least clean the bathrooms, have toilet paper available. And uh, as guests, you probably should wash your hands. And We've done a lot of that the last two years. What a host he is. Everything is immaculately ready. Only people I can think about, the ones that come to mind, and I went through the whole Bible, and I'm not going to go through the whole Bible today, I promise you. But Mary and Martha and Lazarus hosted Jesus quite a bit. Best friends. And every time he'd come to Jerusalem, he'd stop in Bethany just outside of Jerusalem and they would host him in their home. And I wonder, man, you know, we talked just a few weeks ago about Mary and Martha and how she was busy hosting. She was quite the host, a gracious host. Uh, But while while Mary was hosting, uh, hosting Jesus in his humanity, I mean, Martha was hosting Jesus in his humanity. Mary was hosting Jesus in his divinity. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't have time to get into it, but but I mean, oh, when you're a host, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be ready. And Mary was uh uh was there at the Lord's feet when Martha was busy preparing everything and she was really uh not happy that her sister was just uh lollygagging. Some of you have to google that today. Lollygagging. I want us to revisit this because it's a reality. It's all about relationship. It's the reason why we can't forget the reason why we do this. It's it's so familiar to all of us. I was, grew up as a kid. It just became so familiar, so ritual, so every time. And if, if COVID did anything, it ought to make this a very special meal. It ought to, it ought to be, Hey, church is open again. We're back. We're together again. In the name of the Lord, eating together, having joy in the presence of the Lord together. Woo, I'm so happy that you're back, at least coming back. And so today, I, I just want to revisit this, and give you a few things that you can ponder as we look at the theme of the Lord's Table. It, it belongs to the host, and I need you to get this first. Uh, I think you'll get the rest of it if you get this. That he is a gracious host. Uh He's the one who invites us. He's the one who hosts us. He's the greatest host at the greatest table you'll ever dine at. And, I, and I'm not sure where you'll go this year. Uh, Miss Melissa does a phenomenal job at our table. She decorates it every season for every season. Right now it's Thanksgiving. And the dishes are there. And, and the place, man, it looks like this. not quite like this. It's not the Lord's table. It's Miss Melissa's table. But it, it is immaculate. And, and when you go there, you don't have to do anything. The host does everything. Now, my mom, my mom, when she hosted people, she did everything. She cooked. She prepared. She cleaned the house. Dad sat on the recliner and watched TV. That is a perfect picture of a traditional marriage, which I think God should keep. But it's gone long ago. It's long ago. <laughs> anybody remember those days? <laughs> anyway, Mom did all of that, and she and she never served herself until last, if there was anything left. What a gracious host! And when everybody finished eating, she also got in there and cleaned the whole thing. I have sisters. I have four or five sisters. I don't know how many. There's eleven of us. I can't keep count. But they'd get in there and help her. I know the boys did, and they were all watching TV. Which is God's will. And y'all pr- pray for Bear. He, you know, Oklahoma lost Sunday, and he's somewhat depressed. But the party today should bring you back up. Yeah. Texas lost, so that brought you back up. Yeah, as long as Texas loses, it doesn't matter if Oklahoma wins. But, uh, but you can you can hear this for the next few minutes. I want you to see this. It's not just a business deal. And and there's a whole bunch of things I want you to see because examples. I don't have time to go through all of them, but just. Hit and miss right here. You can take notes, you take a picture of it, Max, and go back and study it if you want to. The ancient Near Eastern cultures, man, what they did was that they would they would they would believe in the table of the Lord. They believed in the table, really. They would set a table. And they, and most of the time it was on uh relational uh, about covenants. It was about covenant. So especially if there was a grievance in the ancient Near East and, and especially Africa and Asia, uh they would come to the table. So they would come to agreement, make a covenant. Hey, sorry that I've I've done this or my family done this to you. Uh you remember uh David and Mephibosheth? Oh, I'll wait. I gotta hold on to that, because that's better. I'll come up with that later. But that's what they did. And they come to the table and they make an agreement, a covenant between two people. It's not a business deal, it's relational. And I won't be your enemy anymore, and you won't be my enemy anymore. And we and we shake on it, and we shake on it, and we're we're gonna be okay. We got we reconcile, we're gonna be all right. I mean, oh, God loves reconciliation. God loves it when we forgive each other, when we redeem each other, when we when we get things right with each other. He loves it. And the church at Corinth was not together. And Paul gives them just the what to and the what for. And so that's how it was in the ancient Near East. And then after they made the covenant, they would eat a meal together. And at the end of the meal, they would say, never in our future will your families or mine, Ever have a grievance again? Covenant. They'd eat. They'd eat. And, and then Jacob and Laban. Remember Laban? You thought you had in-law problems. Jacob had some in-law problems. Don't raise your hand if you have an in-law problem. We have prayer requests in a few minutes. You could come and bring your in-laws to the Lord. But but Jacob. Oh man, Uncle Laban. He was a mess. And he chased old Jacob down, and 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 Jacob. And Jacob kinda, he, he wanted to, uh, uh, get this thing right, right? It involves forgiveness and reconciliation over the grievances. And how I wish the, the world could understand how gracious our host, our God is. Cause that's what he wants to do with us. Does it sound familiar? Amen? Jesus is our precious, gracious host. Hallelujah! But Jacob, when he fled, his father-in-law chased him and you, you, you know, Laban pursues him, and together they make a covenant. Neither will harm each other again. It says in Genesis 31, 54 through 55, that Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his kinsmen to the meal. He called his kinsmen to the meal. That's the table of the Lord. Called, he made a table. He was a host. He called his kinsmen, and they ate the meal together, and Jacob was the host. Laban did the crime, but Jacob did the time. I mean, know that's the way Jesus is. We did the crime. But Jesus did the time. We failed the Lord and broke the relationship. But Jesus came in and made a meal. And he gave his own body. Are y'all hearing me today? To reconcile us back to God. And then before he even died, he ate with them. And he said, hey, we won't eat again this meal until the kingdom. The millennium. So, so, Jacob made the invitation. What a great host. Was and then again the table of the wilderness in the wilderness Exodus twenty four nine through eleven God made a covenant with Israel and the seventy elders and Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu it says they saw God but I want to tell you you can go look at it later okay Max they didn't see what I believe is God because the Bible says no man could see God and live they would have been stricken dead no man could see God so I think they saw the kavod k a v o d of God which is the throne of God because it goes on to explain. Uh, explains the the sea of glass. You understand? And so and so. this is how it was. Uh, they saw the throne of God, not God. Uh, and and I don't have time to explain it all, but after the covenant, the Bible says, they ate and drank with the Lord. So God wanted to give the covenant, the law of Moses, to the people of God. He brought in uh, the priests, Aaron, brought in Nadab and Baihu, and he brought in Moses, and he brought in the 70 elders. And and he made this covenant with them, and then they ate at the table. Can you imagine? Amount of transfiguration kind of experience. God hosted them in the wilderness. What a gracious host. What a gracious host. Let's keep going. For lack of time, I'll just say that God gave them the covenant and the plan for the tabernacle. And you know we can't go there today so much except Jesus is the tabernacle of God. <laughs> Isn't that right? We, we 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 talk about the tabernacle. Inside the tabernacle, when you come in, uh, you know, you have the altar of sacrifice, the brazen altar where they wash your hands. When you go in the holy place, as soon as you get in the holy place, to, to the north is the table of showbread. And uh, and the Lord gave specific instructions to bake 12 cakes, you know, what they would call pierced cakes. I don't have time to go into it, but how many know Jesus was the pierced bread from heaven? Jesus, Jesus, my friend, is the tabernacle of God. Every piece and instrument in the tabernacle, he is the tabernacle of God, tabernacled amongst us. Uh, You have to look at the Old Testament to see all the types and shadows of the table of the Lord, but this is the table of the Lord. Six cakes on this side and six cakes on this side at the wonderful table that was made out of acacia wood and layered in gold. It was a beautiful... On this side is the menorah or the candlesticks, And then, and then you go into the, washing your hands and going behind the veil. How many know Jesus is the veil? His veil of the temple was rent into, and then he goes, he is the ark of the, how many know Jesus is the ark of the covenant? Because inside the ark, there were three things. There was, there was the law of God. There was Aaron's rod that budded. Amen. That's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everywhere you look, you're looking at Jesus. Even the outer parts of the tabernacle tent was made out of uh, of uh, badger skins, the inside was beautiful, the outside. So he was he was one hundred percent God, and he was one hundred percent men. Does anybody know about Jesus? He is the bread of heaven. And when God sent manna in the in the Old Testament, bread, God made a table in the wilderness. All of these things are types and shadows of the reality before the cross, right? And there's and there's others we can look at. The tabernacle, the manna, the table of showbread, the fellowship offering, right? It it was called the shalom offering or the peace offering. And and they would bring that Families would bring a sacrifice and offer that thing. The family would eat the meat and the priest would eat the meat. And then they would take the best part of the meat and they would give that to the Lord as a burnt sacrifice to the Lord. Burn it up to the Lord. And the Lord would, in essence, eat at the table with them. So I don't want us to do communion today without the Lord. He's not the body and blood. Are you hearing me? The actual body and blood of Jesus is not in here. But how many know the Spirit of the Lord is here? The Lord has said, where the two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. And we will partake of the communion table, of the table of the Lord. He is here. And if He's here, how many know joy is here? I said, if joy is here, how many know healing is here? I said, if healing is here, how many believe revival is here? I want to see if anybody believes salvation is here and joy and the kingdom of God is here with us. He is with us. He is the high priest in the house who prepared the bread for the table and ate the bread at the table. He is the bread of heaven. He's the entire tabernacle who dwells with us and the fellowship offering. Wow. The shalom offering. Just too much to think about. And how about Passover itself? When they were leaving out of Egypt, they the lamb and put blood over the doorpost. All of that typology, all of that symbolic, all of that is shadows and types of the Lord himself. Jesus is the Passover lamb. And when we take communion, we do not take communion without remembering Jesus. He's the whole reason we're all here. Did you know we all have one thing in common? That's the blood of Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord. Amen. Is our strong tower, right? And so so all of this stuff is happening. That's the communion in the New Testament is the Passover of the Old Testament. And Paul, when he's about to die, he said, I'm going to be poured out like a drink offering. That is it. That's the shalom offering. That is it. I give my life. I give you me. Lord, I give you me. I come to the table. I receive the invitation to be at your table. What an honor to be with the host. How many here would think that the Lord is a gracious host? And King David. Psalm 23, it's the last one, and I'll keep going. I'll keep going because i only got five minutes to let you out early. So you got a lot to do today, I know. You don't. I'm just saying that. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, the invitation is very personal. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in. Pass of righteousness for his name's sake. It's all about him. He he walks with me even in the valley of the shadow of death. I don't have to fear no evil, for his rod and his staff they comfort me. Amen? Protects me, feeds me, loves me, leads me. Is anybody falling in love with Jesus? Because that's my goal. I hope by the time you leave here, you say, Lord, I just want to eat at your table all the day long. I want to go to Jesus house for Thanksgiving. How would that be? And I think there's a whole world out there, Oak Grove, listen to me. There's a whole world out there have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. They haven't been at the Lord's table. They don't understand it. And when we take communion together, the world sees, wow, they love each other. They love the Lord. See that? There's a reason for this. You preach Christ's death until he comes. And we have hope. It's not over. But David, he was in the wilderness. Saul was chasing him like a madman, and then he goes on to say, The Lord prepared a table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemy. I don't know if that does anything for you, but it blows my mind. That out in the middle of the desert when he's hiding in caves, okay? King David, wow, wow. The Lord host him. What a gracious host. God hosted him, and God is the host. David is the guest. And, and what a gracious host he was. He spread the table. How many things God's very capable of hosting you today? He attended to David's needs. He showered him with personally, personal care. David said, I shall not want the Lord's my shepherd. I don't have any needs. He gave him abundant goodness. He protected him from his enemies, even the, in the desert. I'm sure he put a spread out in the desert. He called Chick-fil-A and catered that thing. In. Unbelievable. Even the cookie. I mean, oh, there has to be the Chick-fil-A cookie at the marriage supper. It has to be. has to be. I don't know how we'd survive without it. A whole group of millennials won't even go to heaven if the Chick-fil-A is not there. That's just it. He protected him. He gave eternal blessing. Wow. He's seated at the table, eating and being hosted by God in his presence. No enemy could touch him there. Why? Because David was a guest of the king. In that ancient uh, Near Eastern culture, the uh, the host was actually obligated to protect their guest from any enemy that could ever bring them any harm. When you came into their home, you were protected. You were blessed. You were served. You didn't get up and serve yourself. Unheard of. You're my guest. Sit down. Sit down. I will take care of you. Bring the food to the table. I will pick up your dishes. Do you need anything else? Miss Rosie was the same way. My mother-in-law was the same way. Ronnie, you need anything else? No, Grandma, please sit down. I will, I will. (laughs) Never did. But she's seated at the Lord right now. Come on now. You talk about a table. Rosie's having some gumbo today, unlike anybody could cook. I'm saying, there is a real precious host, and that's not all. God is not only a gracious host. He's a generous host. (laughs) He's a generous host. You know, know, if you are going to somebody's house for Thanksgiving, listen, listen. If you are going to somebody's house, they are going to foot the bill. They're going to foot the bill. Okay? So act kindly. Respect their home. Get some manners, for goodness sakes. Don't walk in with mud all over your shoes. Right? Take your shoes off. In other cultures, man, they take their shoes off. Why? They respect the house. They respect the host. Well, I'll never forget when I was in Thailand, me and Jake, I went to this church. First time in a Thai church. They made us take our shoes off the door. I thought, man, you don't know what you're getting into. Jake's feet stink. He's watching online. I'm joking, Jake. Just a touch. But at the end, they gave communion. They gave communion much like we're going to do in a minute. And as they were giving the elements out, you're going to get your own elements today. And if you can't, we'll bring the elements to you. The ushers will. But we want you to walk, we want you to walk to the table. We want you to, we want you to come to the table. I want you to sense that you're the guest. And if you're, if you're away from God, we want you to get right with God. We want you to get your heart right with God so you can be at the table of the Lord. I said, He's inviting. We walked into that Thai church and they were giving communion and they, and, uh, and they, when they, I, I don't know what they call that when they bow, they bow. So when they bowed, I didn't know. I'd never been in that culture. So when they bowed, Mark, I bowed. Then after I bowed, they bowed, and then I bowed. And I was getting a crick in my back, and I was like, "What in the world's going on?" I feel like one of those little chickens in the dash, you know. <laughs> but uh, I said, "Jake, what's the deal? Why don't they stop bowing?" He said, "Pastor, in their culture, they want to be—they want to be the most humble. They bow last. I'm always going to host you. I'm always going to serve you. I'm going to bow last. To you. No, no, no. I love you. Oh, I love you. No, 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 no." no. I love you. I, said, I love you too. No, to stop saying I love you. I love you more than you love me. That's what's going on. And I said, why are they doing that when they serve? He said, they want to be the lowest in the room. Do you remember the Lord when he served communion to the Last Supper? With the two boys, the sons of Zebedee. Remember? And the wife, the mother said, hey, when you get to the kingdom, Lord, I want my boys to sit. Well, he said, whoa, lady, you got the wrong spirit here. The, the ones that are the lowest are the greatest. You understand? The servant is the greatest of all. You don't come to the king's table with an attitude. You come with a great, grateful heart. This is not a ritual or a political position. This is a personal relationship. And John got it at the Last Supper. Remember John put his head on the Lord's heart? He, he just kind of reclined on the Lord. That's because he was the one that Not only love Jesus, but the one Jesus loved. I know you're jealous. So am I. I'll talk to John about it when I get to the kingdom. Why? Because love is a choice. You make a choice today. You don't have to come to the table. You can just bail out like I did every Sunday from some religious exercise or ritual. But if anybody loves Jesus, he's inviting you today. the table he's generous he paid it hey listen you paid a lot for the turkey we get that ham honey baked my goodness i'm looking inside the ham every year for a piece of gold that's how much that gold honey baked ham costs i'm thinking you got to have more in here than pork in fact i think they wrap it in that gold i think that's actually 24 karat gold wrapping that's why it's 80 bucks a ham lord i invite everybody please everybody eat the whole ham I had to hawk my house for the ham. That's what you call a ham hawk. That was free. Some of you will get it when you get home. Here's the deal. Jesus paid the highest price. Would you lift your hand to the Lord? You talk about a generous host. You talk about a generous host. More than a ham or beans or anything else you're going to serve this year. He gave his own life. Would you just lift your hand? Come on, just lift your hands and thank Him. Could you thank the Lord this morning? My goodness, He's good. My, how You blessed us. How hey, You love us so much. That Father, when we were wayward and You, we came home. You said, "Kill the fatted calf. Put some shoes on that boy of mine." Here's my signet ring. You have all authority that I have. You're an heir and a joint heir with me. All your inheritance is back. Put a robe on him. And the son said, no, 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 dad, don't do that. Don't do that. I just want to be your servant. He said, not in my house. When you come to my table, you're no longer a servant. You're my son. You're my daughter. The Lord loves you too. I didn't bring this message to bring condemnation. A lot of times preachers come, Mark, and they come to communion table and they say, if you have anything in your heart against God, you can take the Lord's Supper unworthily. And judgment's going to come to you. I mean, no, that's not the spirit. That's not the spirit of the Lord's table. What he's saying is, if you come to this table not knowing who the host is, and you don't understand what he's done, And you don't appreciate the host and you don't value the meal and you don't appreciate the time with the Lord, then you missed the whole point. You're eating it unworthily. It's just a, it's just a, it's just another wafer and juice because you missed the point. You made something so crazy relationship, some crazy religion and you missed the whole point. And the older brother, he got jealous. Remember that? That's religious. The father said, let's have a party. My son, which was dead, is alive again. My boy, who was lost, is now here. If you're lost today and you found your way to Old Grove and you get right to with God this morning, you can eat at the table with all of us. So Ron Moran's not going to dictate who's coming because I'm not the host. Let me just go to Revelation three twenty and quit. The Lord comes to your house. He knocks on the door and he said, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart. And if any man hear my voice, he'll open the door. See, you have a choice. You have a choice this year. If You open the door. He said, I will come in and I will what? I will sup with you. I will eat with you. I will drink with you. And you with me. So, So there has to be a covenant. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you have to have a covenant. But I think for too long in church, we made it hard for people to get right with Jesus. So this morning, I'm saying, evaluate yourself. That's what Paul said. Check your heart out. Hey, hey, if you've got some attitude or if you've got aught with your brother or sister, let's get things right. Let's go ahead and take care of business before we come to this table. Because once you get to this table, this is the table of the Lord. It's not your table. It's not my table. It's the Lord's table. and He's the host. And he's very gracious. He's very gracious. Has anybody made reservations for the great tribulation? Well, I made reservations for the marriage supper. So there is a table spread over there. I said, I said, there's a meeting coming soon in the millennial kingdom, right? I don't know when that supper is going to take place, but the rapture first. How many ready for the rapture? All three of you. Wow. Lord, that's why you're keeping me here so long. They're not coming in. <laughs> so the rapture's first, and then we'll have the marriage supper somewhere between the tribulation, after the tribulation, and before the millennial reign. But somehow, somehow, we're going to eat together with the Lord. And that's when he's going to tell us where we're going to be leaders of 10 cities or 2 cities or no cities, or just be thankful you got there. How many of you just thankful that you got there? You can do something about it now. You can do something about it now. You can love people into the table. Bring people to the table. As Chrissy and Taylor and the worship team come, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. A cripple. When he was a little boy, he's Saul's grandson, King Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son. And Jonathan and Saul were out to war, and the baby was with the nurse, the midwife, the caregiver. And war, they came in and tried to just. You know, And she ran out of the house. And when she ran out of the house, she tripped, fell, and dropped the baby. And the baby uh, was crippled for life. Mephibosheth. Well, David is now in the palace. He's king. Saul's dead. Jonathan's dead. And David remembers a covenant. He's at the table and he remembers a covenant. And he says, is there anybody in Saul's household alive, Jonathan's household? said, no, not really. Oh, Oh, yeah, there's this crippled young man. He's in Lodabar, way out in the desert place somewhere. But why do you ask, king? He said, well, I made a covenant. I made a covenant with my brother Jonathan. He said, I want you servants to go get Mephibosheth wherever he is. Bring him to my table. Bring him to my table. Mephibosheth was so so crippled he couldn't walk. They had to literally pick him up and carry him to the palace. And when they brought him to the palace... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, y'all. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. We're about to go to the table of the Lord. When they bring Mephibosheth, he, he can't walk. They bring him in, and they put him, and they had a place. And I imagine King David had him right there. Bring him right here. Because when the king makes a covenant, he stays with it. So they plop old Mephibosheth right down there by David. I just got to tell you something at home especially if you're at home and you're spiritually crippled away from God broken, confused there is a place at the table let me know the king is inviting you today if you're here today and you're broken let me tell you something about being behind the table with the king when Mephibosheth sat at the table from the waist up he was perfectly fine Nobody could even tell he had a cripple. He was not even noticed as a cripple. He was just as good as anybody else at the table. How many know the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness and you'll be at the table with all the rest of us broken and confused and crippled people of God? There's a lot of people who wish they were at your table today. And our timeline, our little window is very, very, very soon. How many know we're very soon the Lord's coming. I said, the King is coming very soon. And the Bible says, he's going to prepare a place for us, a table, if you please. How many made reservations? Today, as we close out, we're going to let you come and get your communion. And hey, listen, and if you cannot get up, we understand. We have an usher, brother Gary, our staff will bring you communion. We'll bring it to you. We'll bring this basket. Right? You don't want to put anybody out Or if you're concerned about the crowd But I've seen you out everywhere It's amazing to me Outside of the church hour You don't care about anybody Crowds of people all around you You're just moving about Can I tell you I'm scared to go to Walmart But you march right on in there Walmart scares me to death I don't go in with a mask I go in with a gun Walmart's scary I'm just telling you I bring bring Taylor with me Taylor's my backup this world's wild out there It's, it's wild out there and people are dying every day every day funerals every day when Gary and Shannon left here we had lunch last Sunday their executive presbyter in Texas died instead of Gary and Shannon going on vacation they went and did a funeral for a 50 year old 52 year old a 52 year old died died of covid so COVID's still a real thing don't make a joke about it no it's no joke about it steve drysdale has covid right now his mother-in-law has covid right now so we understand it's a real deal we're not making fun of that what i'm saying is if you can go and do all that you need to do everywhere don't be afraid to come in here and be in the house of the lord that's all i'm saying the church house is open. The invitation is given. We're going to come to the Lord's table today. It's all wrapped up. It's all sanitized. If you want to take it at your house, then you're missing the whole point. If you take this home and put it in your purse take it at your house, you missed the point. The point is the body of Christ is in session. We are here. The Lord is here. And he's pleased. Would you help me give the Lord praise for the table of the Lord? Come on now. That's what this is all about today. Would you stand stand all around this all around the church I want you to stand and this is what we're going to do Chrissy and Taylor and the worship team are going to try to sing this wonderful song come to the table and whether you are like Mephibosheth and we need to do a little bit of evaluation get our hearts right with God that's what I'm going to let you do right now I'm going to take a little just a moment of silence right here to let you contemplate whether you have aught in your heart against somebody if you need forgiveness for something if your attitude if you lost if you lost the whole point of Eucharist thanksgiving attitude, if you lost the, the fact that Jesus is the host, and he's very gracious, and he's very generous, and he's very good, if you lost all of that, you, you made it a ritual, there's time this morning to make it a, re- a reality. So let's do that right now. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your church, Lord. Thank you for your broken body, God, and your Precious blood that was spilled for us. We celebrate sons and daughters coming home. And we look forward, Lord, in the millennium. And later on, we can have dinner with you. But until then, the invitation is going out. Anybody who hears your voice, who opens the door, let them come in. Stand at the door and knock. If they open the door, you'll eat with them and they will eat with you. Let him come into you today, God. Help us to learn how to love the table of the Lord. Help us to receive the invitation to the table of the Lord. Help us to love the host of the table of the Lord. Let him lead us. Let him love us. Help us to value the host. Depend on the host for our provision, for our protection. Help us to rest in the goodness and the graciousness of the host of the Lord's table today. God, there's no way. There's no way we can talk about all of it, but we embrace the family today, oh, Grove. We come we embrace the family. No cliques, no rich, no poor, no educated, uneducated. We come to your table. We come to your table. We ask that you forgive us. Help us to enjoy the feast for all it's worth. We know the reality of salvation. And if they're not born again, Lord, may they come to Christ right now. If they're not born again, they won't even understand what they're doing, Lord. But we give them an opportunity to come to Christ right now. You've already done it all. We pray our prayer, we evaluate it in our heart. It's settled once and for all. We want to eat this bread and drink this cup in a worthy manner, fitting. We want to prepare ourselves, wash ourselves before we come to the table of the Lord as the priests of the Lord. We want to eat at the table. It's a reality and we love you, Father. We don't want to be putting off what you want to do this morning.